Give me the DD. Say mm. hard, Lynn. You just started taking your pants off. And I'm excited about I muted myself. Yeah, you want to start that over? Yeah, that is really. <laughs> There's our intro. Give me the DD. Say mm. hard, Lynn. You just started taking your pants off. And I'm excited about the dinner I'm going to on Friday with your wife. You guys are jerks. Top of the sixth and rookie sensation Ricky Vaughn on the pitch now. You can close the book on Calder. Thank God. Vaughn, a juvenile delinquent in the offseason in his major league debut. Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. All four. All eight. Low and Vaughn has walked the bases loaded on 12 straight pitches. Boy, how can these guys lay off pitches that close? What is up? Welcome into Just a Bit Outside, preseason show number two. My name is Justin Deering. We're here this week to get ready for free agent bidding and the first round of free agent signing is always beside me in a long, bleh, whatever. Alongside as always is Travis Akins. What's up, brother? Hey, what's going on, Justin? You doing okay over there? Been drinking? I'm, I'm drinking. I'm drinking some, uh, I think this is pomegranate berry uh, Mio water. Dude, we're on day eight of the flu in this house. You're lucky I'm even here. You surviving? I, I don't have the flu. My kid does. Um, That's and it terrible. Has been That's even worse. She has been to school seven times, I think, maybe eight in the month of February. So That's we're just waiting. We're waiting on that truancy ticket and waiting to go to court and figure out if we're going to get to keep her. That's about every student in Oklahoma the last month. Just weather keeps us away. So I'm glad you're doing okay. And I am very excited because, Justin, we are 24 days, 24 days away from season opening baseball. Can you believe it? It's here. It's finally here. I'm pumped. Uh, it has been it has been great driving back and forth uh, around the around work or home, whatnot, and hearing the beautiful voice of Eric Nadell calling yes. games yeah. on 105.3 The Fan. Um, it's just, it's that time of year, even though it's the coldest day of the year here in Dallas right now, um, and I know you're going through even worse up there in Oklahoma, but it's still, there's hope. Because baseball is soon, baseball is coming, and uh, this is the last year of 110 degree baseball for us Ranger fans. So that's also <laughs> a reason to celebrate. Uh, but yeah, Travis, I know you knew because you were paying attention all week because you've been very worried about it. But um, big week for the the Aikens Army as their newest asset from the trades has been signed to yes. a, a team, and yes. you are you are back. Absolutely, the. Um the the big fish or one of the big fish that I was able to haul in in my early preseason shopping Bryce Harper finally with the Phillies and I have to say as we before we get into some serious fantasy baseball talk I am just thankful that Bryce Harper did not fall off of that dugout that they had his press conference on yesterday in Florida so uh, did you see that setup they did for this press conference not only did I see the setup, I, I, the text you sent me with the picture, I was like, that's safe. Um, it did second, not look safe at all. 
You just, I'm going to go out on the limb and say that I have always kind of thought Bryce Harper was a douche. The hair, the the show he put on at the All Star Game last year, I've always just kind of felt he was kind of kind of a tool, you know. So when he comes out yesterday and says, you know, the things he said in that, why he didn't get an opt out, why he has a no trade policy, why he's wearing the number he's wearing, I'll, I'll be damned if I'm not like, man, that guy sounds yeah. like he's actually a decent dude. Yeah, wearing number 34 his entire career, and he uh, foregoes wearing 34 because he says, uh, you know, the late great should all, should be the last one to ever wear that number in, in Philadelphia, which I thought was pretty classy move there too. Yeah, I'm with you. But I, I'm thankful for all the landing spots Bryce Harper uh, could have landed. That is a fantastic fantasy value uh, to be in Philadelphia, a left-handed bat in Philadelphia. Just general idea, Justin, from a not necessarily Harry Doyle fantasy baseball, but general fantasy baseball. Does Bryce Harper in Philadelphia tick him up, or does he kind of stay in that and that ten to twelve area of of top fantasy baseball players? I think he has sealed his uh, his. He he will be a top ten player for the next five to six years if not a little longer i think because that stadium i had the privilege of going to that stadium a couple years ago and that stadium is small i mean yeah yeah right field all day long for him but left field going opposite it's not going to be hard to go deep on we sat in the if you look at the you know the stadium towards center field they have the second deck that goes over right field me and uh, our good friend john tarrant we sat at the top of the first row of the second deck the all the way over um, towards center field in the first row, just hanging out over almost over the field, it felt like, and someone almost hit one up there during the game, and it wasn't anybody you'd know. <laughs> so I'm like, it's just a, it's like a compact field with great cheesesteaks um, that I'm a big fan of. Um, <laughs> but it's, I, I think that he has a home. That was a big thing for him. And he's like, I've got a home. We're, we're planting roots. We're having a family. We're doing our thing here. I feel like that's only going to vault him. He's so young. So freaking talented um, and not a douchebag, I guess. Well, you know, and and Harry in the Harry Doyle fantasy baseball realm of things, uh, you know, we you and I we don't have to do a lot of rankings and projections because you know Fantrax does that for us based off of our of our league scoring, and so right. I thought it was interesting that Bryce Harper now is projected in Harry Doyle fantasy baseball one two three four five number six. And 2019 points where he was, uh, if I recall correctly, he was somewhere in that 12 to 14 area at best before the signing in Philadelphia. So, you know, the fan tracks projections based off the Harry Doyle scoring system has vaulted him up into that, not only into the top 10, but, you know, on the doorstep of top five for 2019 projections. I think it's I think it's absolutely going to happen. I think the new ballpark, the fire. I mean, he's fired up to start setting his his roots, like he said, but also building his legacy for the next thirteen years of his of his contract. He has that time. no trade. He has that no opt out. Thirteen years of him. I mean, he's going to retire a Philly. Um, that's that's where he's going to play the rest of his career, unless they suck and he requests a trade because he has that option. But I just think that him building up, uh, you know putting his feet down and saying, this is where I'm at. This is where he wants to make a splash this first year to prove he's worth that money. And also not that he needs to do much to attract his buddy, Mike Trout, but they do have the money to do that again with Mike Trout. So 
I mean, I think this year is going to be huge for him. Yeah, $330 million, 13 years. Hey, there's a couple of other signs that you and I haven't talked about on the podcast yet. So um, very quickly, obviously, the big final, finally, the big first uh, fish to go uh, was Manny Machado a couple of weeks ago. San Diego Padres, 10 years, $300 million. Um, Same question, different guy. Does Manny Machado at Petco Park in San Diego, does that tick him up or down in general fantasy terms? I still believe Manny Machado is a douchebag, just for the record. Um, I have not seen anything from him since he signed that changed that thought on him. I do believe, I don't think that this is, I don't think it's going to uptick him much. I think he's going to stay productive. I think what's going to happen is, what's going to be awesome is they have the top ranked farm system. And as those kids start to progress through and start joining Manny Machado there for the next however many years, that's when I think you'll start seeing the progression and hopefully, not that I expect him to, but being actually like a leader on the team and showing like that he actually wants to play baseball and hustle and run to first. Um, those kind of things. I don't know that this year is going to be much different for him other than he's got New Jersey on. He's living in San Diego where, oh my goodness, the weather I'm sure is horrible. Um, I just don't feel like there's much difference in his game this year as much as I think Bryce Harper knows that this is the start yeah. of his like legit legacy. He signed a deal that said, I'm here, I'm staying, let's do something. And throwing JT Romuto in that team and the other people they've signed, I mean, that team's going to be good. So on, on Manny Machado front, I tend to agree. I, I think Manny Machado, he probably didn't tick himself up in the, in the, oh, in the general fantasy rankings too high or knock himself down because of Petco Park. I think he's that good of a player and he's the, the the style he plays and the way he the way he hits I think will will translate just fine in Petco and therefore you know he'll be the player he has been um uh in fantasy leagues but let me ask you this and I, I know we need to get on to our big story but uh Manny Machado has an opt out in 5 years Bryce Harper doesn't but uh between Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, I'm curious what you think, Justin. Who lasts longer to their newly signed team, Harper or Machado? Oh, for sure, Harper. Do you think he, do you think he stays all I 13 I, years? I really don't feel like that that show, if that that press conference yesterday was a show. Like he sold me, and I've like I said, I've always kind of thought he was kind of a tool, kind of a douche, but he sold me. I watched the thing upstairs in our little sick room with my kid because she's still sick, obviously, but. I feel like it's important for him not to move his family around. Um, now, granted, this goes out the window if the Phillies just absolutely suck for the next three years and he's like, you know, I, th- I think he'll produce, but if they don't produce around him, could I see him saying, let's go? Yeah. Machado, I could see him not even making it to the opt-out. <laughs> because that's just kind of, I mean, that's just kind of what I've picked up just from reading things about him, watching him, just I, I and he's on Chris's team. That's a big reason. Oh, yeah, that, that'll help you. And then finally, uh, the other big name that signed an extension, you know, the the name that I think every team was very much looking forward to next year, Nolan Arenado signs that big extension with the Colorado Rockies. I, I, I Man, from just a fantasy standpoint, him staying in Colorado is a very good thing if you're a Nolan Arenado uh, owner. Oh yeah, I agree. Um, that that air up there, and then the fact that you know the reports come out after the fact that say the Rangers were going to be huge players for yeah. Nolan Arenado yeah. next year. We're like, 
first off, I don't believe you. Second off, um, <laughs> that sucks because if you were going to be a big player and you were going to throw some money out for him, we would have loved to have him here and we would have loved to go to games and I'd love to buy a jersey. But uh, I don't believe anything that this ownership says when it comes to that. Uh, I think it's a great signing for him. I think it's a great signing for Chris. Uh, you know, home runs and home runs in thin air and doctored baseballs. Yeah. And uh, my second favorite Colorado Rocky who signed that big deal. And speaking of signings, Justin, let's get to the big story. You have problems with the audio? You okay? Everybody, everything okay there? Yeah, I forgot to turn it up. <laughs> the big, let's do it again. Hold up. Let's get to the big story. <laughs> big story of offseason week two is, guess what? Free agent bidding is finally here. In just a few days, Thursday, in fact, we are recording on a Sunday. So Thursday, March 7th, round one of free agent bidding will occur, will begin, and every team, all 10 teams in Harry Duell Fantasy Baseball will submit their blind bids for the free agent class of 2019. And obviously, Justin, the big fish at the top of the class of this free agent class is the one, the only Max Scherzer, who by all accounts is not only a top five fantasy baseball player, he is the pitcher of fantasy baseball by many accounts. And he's there and he is going to be bid on. And it's going to be a fun round one because there are some wonderful names available and it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the league plays out with the big names and kind of here in, in round one. Yeah, there's a, um, like we said last week, there is a top tier. Absolutely. Let's say four to f- four to five players that deserve every team's bid. And then after that, that's when we're going to really get into who's paying attention to trends who's paying attention to what the writers are saying who has a good feeling about a guy um i i think it's very cool that there are multiple teams with a ton of money i think we talked about it right before we hit record that the van buren boys and blake's team both have a ton of money blake's trade that just went through before the podcast recorded maybe knocked him down to second for most money uh the tigers have a little bit of cash to spend um it's just again there's these four or five top players. I think are going to get four or five top contracts. And then after that, there is, there's some very productive players that may not deserve or may not be valued at a $10 or $12 a year contract. You may be looking at some people getting people for five or $6 for three or four years. And they end up being three or four. If they say it's a four for six and you're three and four, four, you're looking at it like how you stole this guy. Like we look at Jose Ramirez with, um, with Lance team. He stole that guy a couple years ago with a good thought and a good bid early. Um, I just, uh, I wonder if the contracts are going to be as big as they were last year. And I also wonder if some people are going to go into this, like, They've coined it for the the Mavericks as this organic tanking. Like we're still going to be competitive, but we're cool if we lose and we don't spend a ton of money because there is a huge class coming next year. We spent the entire show talking about it last week, so I don't want to get into it today. But I do think there could be some that are like, you know, if I can get that third spot in the playoffs, that'd be great. I don't expect to win this year, but if I do that, but I still have 50 or 60 bucks next year, I could really be jumping into the top tier of teams next year. 
I just said next year, like seven times. A lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. And and I agree. There is clearly a, a tier one and I I might even expand that into a, a 10 player, maybe 12 players that are just clearly guys that it didn't matter if you just dropped in the Harry Dole fantasy baseball for the very first time this Thursday, it's a guy you're like, yeah, I got that makes total sense. I'm going to go for that guy. And if you are one of the, of our, Eddie Rosario, Eddie Rosario yeah. is in that list. And Michael Brandt, yeah. I'm sure. And, it, it, and if you're one of the listeners of Just a Bit Outside who's listening to us for the first time, because I don't know if you know this, Justin, but we had 14 listens last week. And so for a 10 team league, how many there's teams 10 teams? We have exceeded the ownership of this league, and we now we are now broadcast on every major podcast platform that is out there so if you're new to just a bit outside harry dole fantasy baseball is a little different it's looking to expand in two years (laughs) there is that and we'll get into that into a future episode but but the way our off-season bidding works it's blind bidding right so harry dole fantasy baseball doesn't go into an auction system where we're all together and we're all just kind of live auctioning which is a fun format and it has a it has all of its own strategy but we have a blind bidding system so our owners are going to come in and they're going to bid essentially against themselves for max scherzer for instance and so um, we we have contracts, we have salaries, and so every single one of our teams has different constraints based off their salary caps and their contract caps and the makeup of their rosters currently. And so every team will be blind bidding on these different guys, which I think is a fun element because, one, it emulates Major League Baseball, which is not the total of all things, but it is a fun element to it. But I like the element that it's – that's it's Aiken's Army versus Los Tigres versus censored by the commission versus Beards of Glory against themselves, right? It's it's their rosters and their makeup and every owner going in for these top tier guys. And like you said, that brings in a whole new wrinkle because the tier two, um, which is a huge drop off, those guys, and even I would say the tier three type guys based off roster makeups are going to have a huge impact for 2019 in Harry Dole fantasy baseball. Don't you think? I agree. I think, I mean, I know we've gone back and forth through our text messages that um, we were pretty stoked that a, we both had uh, edu email addresses so that we could get the 50% off from the uh, the athletic. But recently the athletic has started doing in-depth fantasy baseball coverage. And that's like, I didn't even, I've had it for a year and didn't read too much on there because I'm not a huge fan of some of the beat writers around for the Rangers. But this fantasy baseball section has just been eye-opening. I went in just out of boredom into our uh, spreadsheet and added the athletics top 100 prospect rankings. And they're vastly different than major league baseballs because they're looking at it from a dynasty style baseball league forecast. So they may not be MLB.com is looking at like, Hey, this kid could come up next year and hit 40 bombs. The athletic is looking at it from a fantasy baseball standpoint and they are ranking their top 100. So as we head into that minor league draft coming up, the athletic may be what to look at because they're looking at it from our standpoint of these kids may be three years out, but they'll be in the top 10, 15 in two or three years. And you need to go get them now, but they're not, not 2018 draft people alone. They're all these people you've never heard of. Um, but the blind bidding process is awesome. At the same time, it's frustrating because you think, man, I'm, I've got it. I've got, there's no way anybody values Manny Machado higher than I do 
and then you yeah. get outbid by 0.25. Um, and then, you know, then there's these little games people have started like the first couple years, give me four for three, four for three. And now the last couple years have been like, give me four yeah. for 3.15. Yeah. Because that, that decimal point gets you the, the the deal. Because if it's tied, you go to a rebid, and you don't want to be tied because a rebid, you're probably going to end up with like a Jose Abreu for five years, even though he's a productive first baseman. You really didn't want and, him for five years. And at the dollar. Um, yeah. But it, absolutely. Then you trade and, you know, and so there's games within games that you, you're honestly playing with. You know, you're kind of playing with yourself because you know, not knowing how uh, – yeah, mark that. Knowing what other teams are yeah. um, kind of – planning for now we can guess and everything else now let's kind of let's kind of broaden this conversation because obviously we talked about this uh, pre-show that you and i you know talking about how how much players are going to go for and what we think we you know one we don't want to tip our own hands for our own bidding and so that makes it a little awkward for that conversation so i just want to talk in general fantasy baseball terms because as you mentioned, the athletic, you mentioned the, uh, you know, there's articles on fan tracks. There is no site out there when it comes to fantasy baseball information that fits Harry Dole fantasy baseball, right? There's nothing out there that quite can give you the, the, the tips or the inside track or the, the draft kit for, um, or bidding kit for, for, yeah, team, for Harry, Harry Dole fantasy baseball. And so, Taking pieces from Athletic or wherever, CBS and fan, fan tracks, or wherever, you know, we have to kind of do that. So I want to kind of broaden the conversation for a moment, Justin, to just a general fantasy baseball format. Now, I know there's Roto and I know there's there's head to head and there's also category points. And we talked about a vampire league through Texas past week and we could talk about different setups for fantasy league. But this is a general fantasy baseball conversation. The free agent class that we have sitting in front of us that that will be bid on this week, you know, when you talk about pitchers, you talk about offense. Justin, just kind of in generalities, give me your top three guys that you know you expect from a 2019 perspective to be the top of the class when we talk in September. I think if anybody's doing their research, they're going to realize that. The 2020 class for offense looks stupid. Like, ton of big names. Some of these guys are hitting free agency for the first time in our league. We're in year seven or eight, whatever. Um, but if you go to the other side, pitching next couple years is not the strongest of, of areas, at least next year from what I can tell. Granted, that doesn't take into effect who comes up through the minors, doesn't take into effect who gets extended, doesn't take into effect who gets traded. Just based on whose contract runs out at the end of this this season, we are starting right now. Pitching next year will be shallow. So I do think the Max Scherzers, I do think that the the Klubers, those are important gets because those kind of names may not be there next year. Clayton Kershaw will headline that class next year, but who is Clayton Kershaw a year from now? He can't even get on the mound right now. So, I mean, that's where you say the Tier 2 and Tier 3 uh, players are – really important. If, I mean, Rick Porcello had a bad year last year, but he could bounce back. He was what a Cy Young winner two years ago. Um, there's a, there's some names on there that may not get that five year, four years for $14 contract or even a four for eight, but they could put in some decent numbers. Cole Hamels in Chicago is very interesting because you saw what he did after the trade last year. Um, if he can keep that up, uh, there's just, 
I think pitching is going to be hot this year. I think people are going to go after pitchers. And I think people may overpay for pitchers. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to overpay for Max Scherzer or Corey Kluber. I think whatever you pay for, it's going to be worth it because that's tier one. And the next tier yeah. down may be tier three. There may not really be a tier yeah, two well, when it, it comes to pitching. Just for, let me tag yeah. on to that idea, which I, I agree with um, in general. And to that idea and to what you just said, I might – be able to make the argument i I think i could uh, if we had more time to kind of go down this path but i I think max scherzer is tier one all by himself because of everything you just pointed out about starting pitching you know coming up from a year or two standpoint but just from the 2019 impact alone that a starting pitcher is going to have in fantasy baseball alone across the board roto and in head-to-head or in categories whatever you want to talk about i think max scherzer when you look at when you look at our free agent class i think he's the tier one now i think if you kind of if we get a little more focused like we were a few moments ago about our league i think the tier one's expanded but i think max scherzer is that tier one for our general broadened conversation i i just don't know there's any more impact when it comes to a starting pitcher who can put up the kind of points and and contribute across the categories like like he can and i think that tier 2 broadens itself a little bit if you kind of you know and, and it's very offensive he- heavy you know there's not a there's not a fantasy baseball owner in the in the on the planet that wouldn't want or is not going to go after Anthony Rizzo or Charlie Blackman, a, Gal- a Paul Goldschmidt, a Giancarlo Stanton, and a Joey Votto if they're available in their leagues, right? So um, that tier two is going to have an impact not only now but especially if you if you're in a dynasty type league, those guys are not only going to impact 2019 but most certainly 2020 and 2021. Um, and, and so I, I kind of see it in that sense. And, and I think I'm just kind of tagging along to what you said. I think there's an importance there. There is a, uh, there is a, uh, there is a need there when you kind of look at it, but there's also just a huge potential for an impact in that tier one. If you can go out and get Max Scherzer, right? I agree. I, I think if you have the money, you go all in for Max Scherzer this year. Now, how long that contract is, we'll get into that a little bit later in the next segment. But I think if you if you have the money, you've got to put a big bid in for Max Scherzer because he is the top pitcher by far. He is projected at 545. Next closest, Corey Kluber at 483. That's a difference of three points a start. That could be a difference based on what we saw last year in some of our matchups. That right there could be a difference in winning and losing yeah. a week. Um Though I do think the interesting thing about this, I do think the interesting thing about this class is that we are starting to see some of these guys. Like our first year, Paul Goldschmidt was just breaking into the league. Um, Joey Votto was pretty young. We're starting to get to the uh, the age cap on some of these guys. Like Joey Votto is still a very productive fantasy baseball player. Sure. Do not hear me say anything other than that. He is still a very productive fantasy baseball player. But in a dynasty well, league, how long is Well, let's add the product? wrinkle now. So, let's go let's kind of add the wrinkle of Harry Dole fantasy baseball to the jo- to to the example of Joey Votto, right? Because you're right. In a dynasty league, you kind of have to weigh that in, but now let's add a salary and a contract of years into that conversation and in the conversation, which I, again, based off cause we're owners and you know, necessarily tipping hands, but also feeding ideas. We're not trying to do that in any way, but 
you add the wrinkle of <laughs> when you add the wrinkle am. of those two things, then man, that Joey Votto conversation at, for the example that you just brought up becomes a whole. I mean, you look at projected four hundred ninety three and a half points. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. But man, do I want to pay him for the next four, five years, three years, even? You know, and how much am I going to have to pay to get him? Is is he worth six? Is he worth it? You know, all that comes into it. Where you're the the depth. And the level of Harry Dole fantasy baseball is what I love so much about this league because there is just so many wrinkles and so many uh, facets of of thought, right? That that as owners and as a league that we kind of have to think about because you can't just say, "Yeah, I want Max Scherzer." Well, heck, yeah, I want Max Scherzer. But have you looked at my salary cap and where Aiken's army is right now? Let, let's be honest, right? There's no way. There's, I mean. It's not out of the realm of possibility, but the the chances of Aiken's army being able to 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 put a bid in that obtains the services of Max Scherzer are slim to none, right? You know that conversation though is like, oh yeah, you're not going to go five right, for twenty right? with twenty five left in your roster. Uh, I mean, those all those wrinkles play into this, is which is one of those wonderful. I just. I tell you, this is my favorite time of year this month because we get to have these conversations. I have to struggle with my bids in three different rounds, and I have to figure out how I can fit and make this work. And every owner in our league is doing that. Doing the exact same thing. I have a spreadsheet (laughs) that I have made on my own. Uh, Everybody has one. I hope every, every team has one. And this thing is so colorful because I've started adding like extensions and things that I may do or may not do. And now I'm looking at it. I'm like, I need to start over because somebody I was targeting got injured. Now isn't going to play till August. Or I, you know, I've heard rumors that maybe somebody's looking at somebody else and now that opens up somebody. It's just the league is in depth. The league is very competitive and very, very uh, manipulative. I think in my opinion, also, I think people do play the system a little bit, which is great. Because I think that happens in Major League Baseball, and that's what we set out to do eight years ago when we started this, was to mimic Major League Baseball as much as we could. Um, Which, Travis, I would like to move on, and I would like to talk about some of these top guys that we have in a segment called Who's Gonna Get Paid? Travis, I'm going to throw out some names to you. That was a great intro right there. I just made it myself. I don't know if you've ever heard that fanfare or not, but I just created it. Um. I want to throw out some names to you and I want to take out, and this is kind of, again, I don't want to tip any hands. So this is generic talk um, based on what we just talked about and how this is so different than your usual Yahoo league or your Roto league or whatever you're doing. A name like Max Scherzer, what contract do you expect Max Scherzer to get? You know, as we were just, as we have been talking about on this particular episode, like there's, there's so many layers to that conversation without going through them all. Let's just say that there's obviously, if I look through all 10 teams cap situations as they stand, as we record tonight, right? There is clearly in my mind going to be competition for Max Scherzer because uh, is that good one and there is space and availability from several teams that if they want to go after and make legitimate bids um so 
that that's a part of this, right? So there's going to be competition. Uh, there's going to be high bids there. Uh, the highest per year contracts uh, that has ever been given out in Harry Dole Fantasy Baseball is Clayton Kershaw, $20 a year. I think Max Scherzer has the potential to eclipse the, the Clayton Kershaw ceiling. At the same time, I was just going to say at the same time, in, oh, good, sorry. I don't think he does that. He, I think he has the potential for sure to go over that $20 mark, but then again, you got to look yeah. at him as a 34-year-old. Yeah. So that's where the wrinkles come in. At 34, and you don't have to put a number on it, what is, I mean, is someone going to go five years for a 34-year-old Man, that pitcher? would, pitching is, t- I mean, bring up Clayton Kershaw, right? Uh, Land gave Clayton Kershaw that five-year, $20 per year um, contract. I traded for Clayton Kershaw a, a off-season ago. And, you know, the best pitcher on the planet, Right has not been the same. Now, he was productive last year, but now we have arm trouble and we have worries. And I say all that to say is even the best pitcher, right, especially a 34-year-old, the one of the best pitchers, is such a risk, such a risk that I, that has to play into uh, everyone's conversation as they think about those kinds of bids. Well, let me throw it somewhere else with Charlie Blackman. You're looking at a 32-year-old, a little bit younger, um, who's had some outstanding years, played for the Army. Uh, I'm sure the Army would love to have him out in the outfield again, even though there's not really room out there for him. But at 32, is that a guy who gets five years? Is that a guy who gets 15, 20, 30? I mean, not 20 or 30 dollars, what am I talking about? But uh, $15 a year, $18 a year. Cause he is, I mean, top of the class for offensive hitters that him and Anthony Rizzo. This is my favorite Colorado Rocky. Um, I love Charlie Blackman. I, I bought into Charlie Blackman before he was Charlie Blackman very early on. And he, he's grown up in that army system. I think he's one of the top, uh, national league, uh, hitters and, you know, quite frankly, I think some of that has to do with though his splits are actually better than Arenado's from away from from Coors Field, but Coors Field helps, and the power is obviously there. Um, and so again, do you risk that base off age? And I think with now that this, I guess, is just my two cents when I when I look at it. I think when you look at a bat versus a pitcher, like say Blackman versus Scherzer. Blackman to me is the is the is more of a sure bet, if that makes sense. So I, I think I think Blackman's the kind of guy who is not going to get the Scherzer type money because there is a discrepancy there from starting pitchers. There's the you know the tiers drop off a little more, but Blackman is one of those guys when you, when you think about his park and what he's done. And there's no sign of him slowing down at this particular stage that you may have to kind of pay for it just a little bit, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I think that he is definitely, like I said, kind of the the, the top of the class. Anthony Rizzo, obviously, as young as he is, is another one to keep an eye on. Uh, Travis, we talked about having this conversation, uh, but we, you know, again, with the whole everybody's bidding, everybody's listening. 
Uh, I don't want to get too in-depth into this, but I did like your question that you brought up about outside of the top 25 ranked available players, just throw out a name. Throw out a name of someone you think who's going to make a impact this year for whichever team signs them, even if it is a waiver pickup, because once you get down to 25 or 30, you're looking at possible waiver pickups. What's a name of somebody you think is going to shock the world as a Someone outside of our of our Harry Doyle top 25 projected top 25 that can rise in in the rankings and maybe make a bid for top 10 at the end of the year. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Of the available players. So no, they're not under contract. They're free agents as of now, top 25. So basically you're looking at page two and halfway down page two and the rest of page two uh, are on from there of the available rated players. Who's 25? Help me out there. 25 starts at Rugi Odor. He is the 25th. So after Rugi Odor, who is going to be someone who's going to make a massive impact for their team that signs him this year, whether it is yeah, through free I think agency it's a great or question. A I was thinking, uh, you know, I was looking as you were prepping me. I was looking at uh, even signed players. So I'm kind of looking through the free agent class just a little bit, and you know, uh, man, uh, there are some. I, I think there's some. Sleepers here. Uh, let me throw out a couple of names. And let me see what you think. Um, you know, someone like Dallas Keuchel sticks out to me, but I don't know where he's where he's pitching yet. So I, I'm going to leave him off the board a little bit. Um, let me throw out a name here and see if you uh, see how you react to this. Uh, John Lester. I was going five for twenty. See, okay, I, I I'm not going five for twenty on John Lester, but I do think that is a I do think that that is a as someone to keep an eye on because he is. I mean, if you look at his stats over the last couple of years, sure, absolutely. he is obviously not the pitcher he was in 2014, 2015. But if I can get 350 to 400 points out of a waiver wire pickup, because I'm not sure John Lester is going to get a contract in free agency. But if I can get 350 to 400 points or even 350 period, because he's projected for around 375, that's a little high compared to what he's done the last couple of years. I think that that is a great investment at the one one year for $2. A name I would like to throw out, and I think uh, I will get possibly flamed for this one, but I don't care. But I think you, Darvish. He has fallen so far off everybody's radar that I don't know how far you have to but go to actually find him in here. But he is a free he agent, is, and he's not even on page one. But let's—he's he, he, he's so, projected for two hundred. I think you brought, you bringing up you Darvish, season. which we did not talk about our names before you brought up the question. So, and and I threw out Lester, you threw out Darvish, which tells me this, right? that at least you and I believe the Cubs are going to be massively better than they were last year. And I, I agree. I yes. think the Cubs are, I think they are poised to have a really good year. Now that National League central is not going to be a, you know, a walk through the park. Uh, the Cardinals got better. Um, the, the Cubs, I though, overall, I feel like, I, I feel like you add all the elements of the Chicago Cubs. I feel like, Maybe they've rested up from their big World Series uh, run. Finally, you know, maybe the hangover is finally over. I think I think Madden is playing for another contract. You know, he's managing for another contract right now. 
Um, I think guys like Hamels in there and Darvish and and Lester in that starting rotation. I think those guys all from different for different reasons uh, have something to prove to the baseball world that they're still legitimate pitchers and can contribute. So, um, and then you talk about the young offense that the Cubs have. I, you know, that's a team. If we're just talking baseball, that's a team, especially from the National League perspective, that I that I feel like could just really take off and and kind of take us back to that World Series run of a couple of years ago. Well, I actually clicked back far enough to find him in the available <laughs> rankings, and now I may re- withdraw this. Okay. Good. He's on page 10, mm-hmm. um, and he's two points above Delino to shield. So I'm not sure that uh, maybe I made a good well, call. It's just a name that you know, you from know a, he From our league perspective, right, uh, half the league's Ranger fans, that's a name that is very associated with our league. And, you know, when he made that, you know, one off seasons ago, he signed the big, you know, I think it was he did he sign the biggest contract in uh, last offseason? I mean, it was over 100 million for a starting pitcher. He went to the Cubs. He was kind of going to be the new anchor for the World Series champion Chicago Cubs and all these different things and he just, you know, it did not pan out the way uh, everyone thought it would be. So, you know, is he going to be a guy from this free agent class that's going to be pushing into that top 10 area? I'm going to say no. I don't think he is. Uh, but is he a guy that can do better than page ten? Yeah, absolutely. I think he get he can get he has the potential to be on page one. I agree. I think if he stays healthy, I think another name to watch is Tyler White, Houston's first baseman. I think uh, he is primed to have a great year just in that lineup because there's just protection everywhere in that lineup. And if you just look at his projection at being the 54th best available player at 367, I'm not sure that that is lowballing what Tyler White could, could possibly do. I mean, he's only got 170 games under his belt. He's really full-time this year for the first time now that Marwin's gone and some of those other players are gone. So I think it's going to be a, a great week. I'm pumped for Thursday. I'm pumped for everybody to get their stuff in on time. I'm pumped for everybody to get their stuff in early <laughs> so we don't have to sit around and wait for a week. Uh, Travis, so why don't you go ahead and go over the reminders again. Give us the deadlines. Give us everything that's coming up on the calendar this week as we head into yeah, round absolutely. one. Of the so Thursday, I will be sending out the official submission form for round one of our off-season free agent bidding. Round one will last from Thursday through noon the following Monday. So March 11th, you have until that time to submit through the Google form. That'll be sent out. It'll be posted on fan tracks. It'll be in the Google sheet, all those places, text, you, you'll find it. And so round one will take us um, uh, from Thursday through Monday. Um, my bids will go first. That'll be the first ones that I, that I will submit and then uh, hands off uh, from the commissioner uh, on any, on, on any more submissions or anything like that. Mine are locked in. Uh, and then once that happens, I'll send off the link. Round two will take place from March 12th through the 16th. And same same kind of setup. It'll be a Google form. We'll have all the, uh, the links sent out. And it'll be a deadline on Saturday, March 16th at noon. And then we'll have th- the third round from the 17th through the 19th. 
it gives me a, I, I've created a little cushion in there to make sure and go through all the bids and make sure the right guys get the you know all the the winning bids are in the right places. Update all the rosters as we go along. So there's a little bit of there, but that'll leave us about a week or so after three rounds of free agent bidding. It'll leave us a week and a half of getting our slow draft on the minor leaguers done before March 28th, which actually reminds me of one thing, you know, the technically major league baseball is uh, first pitch is in Japan. It's A's and Mariners, I believe coming from Japan on the 20, 21st, something like that of March. Those games will not count. They will not score in Harry Dole fantasy baseball. We will start with the rest of Major League Baseball on Thursday, March 28th. And uh, we'll have a long week one, a Thursday through a following Sunday. Um, so um, that's kind of the that's kind of the rundown of the big things of the schedule coming up. But Justin, it's here. Uh, off season. It's go time. One question for you, Travis, just because this was something that was asked of last year. Once I submit my my bids, they are final. Now I can go in and bid on more players if I choose, but I cannot alter those bids after that. First, if I put in John Lester for five years at twenty, and I'm like, "Oh crap, that's not what I meant to do." I actually wanted to do him five for twenty-five. Um, can I? After that first submission, are they locked then, or is the commissioner allowed no. to? Go? I mean, if I, think I understand locked, right? your question right, I have zero problem with owners who submit bids and going back before the deadline and changing their bids or even adding on bids um, from their original submission. So does that make sense? I, if it's before the, if it's before. Yeah, I knew you could, I knew you could go in and add a player. I just was unaware if I, if I made a bid and I'm like, you know, sure. I didn't mean to do that for so-and-so you Darvish, Look, I didn't it, mean to give him $17. As far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, if you, if change. you place a bid and it's before the deadline and you shift it and change it, uh, you want to make that change? You just you resubmit it through the form, and and the latest will be the the one that the the commissioner's office will will accept at that point. Um, that which which also brings to another point that um, uh, once you submit your bids or when you submit your bids, um, there might this might be a little different than I think we did it last year, but no owner is going to have access to the bids themselves until until they are um, finalized. Does that make sense? We're not going to just, you can't just submit and then get access to see what everybody else is bidding. We want to kind of keep that a little tighter than it has been and kind of go from there that way. I agree. I'm all in on that. And I think this is a, it's my favorite time of the season for us. I mean, I love the baseball part, obviously, but uh, I am super excited for what is going to go down this week. And let's get out of here. So it's an hour long show we're doing here. Harry Dole fantasy baseball for Justin Deering. I'm Travis Akins. You've been listening to the growing podcast just a bit outside we'll see you next week after round one of free agent bidding so long everybody
If you're new to this league and you have not checked out Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball League, hit Travis us up Hankins, on Twitter. Gary22 is mine. And Travis, what is yours? All right. We will get you in. We're talking expansion next year, possibly. So if you're interested and you want to keep following us, we enjoy the two new viewers or listeners we had this week. Thanks, Mom and Dad. It's been real. <laughs>